welcome to episode 94 of Together, a Brighton and Albion podcast, uh, or rather Together BHA. I'm playing around with my pop filter here, it's been horrific for me. Um, so, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a slightly different line out today. We will be taking a look at uh, any news stories, um, then we will be taking a look at the Portsmouth game, um, just briefly, and then uh, we will be taking uh, a main review of the Newcastle game, of course, um, and then next up, uh, we will be taking a look ahead to Manchester United. Uh, reason it's going to be a little bit different is we finally have our first fan zone guest appearance. Uh, so we will be having uh, a listener pop on the show um, and we will be reviewing the, the Newcastle game together. Uh, this is one of those uh, survey answers that was overwhelmingly in favor uh, of having fans come on and, and talk about the game uh, after the fact. And it's one I've been wanting to do for a long time. So first of all, thank you for volunteering. I've got three volunteers so far lined up for a couple of games. Um, so if you would like to come on and do the match review with me, uh, please do. Um, I have no idea how this is going to work because we're just going to kind of wing it together um, every week. And see how it goes uh, but please do come on and and feel free to chat with me and we can just review the games together um, doesn't matter if you became a fan last week it doesn't matter if you've been a fan for 65 years doesn't matter if you agree with anything I say or you hate everything I say uh, you know that's your chance to come on and tell me I'm talking absolute nonsense so please do come on please do volunteer I think that would be great to have you all um, and we've already had a good few reach out we've got three of you lined up um, and a couple of others that are half willing and slash nervous to come on and, and have their voice on the show. So please do pop on. Please do come and say hello. Uh, that would be wonderful to have. Um, once again, thank you to my Patreons. Uh, got the two now. Two Patreons. Uh, Zane Beard and uh, Nick Murray, thank you again uh, for signing up and uh, showing your appreciation. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, again, not able to offer a great deal here, uh, but if you are a Patreon, you can come on the show whenever you want. Uh, you can jump to the front of the line. Uh, if there is a big game that you simply have to have an opinion on, um, as a Patreon, you will jump to the front of the line. Uh, and there will be bonuses as and when I can think of them uh, or have the money to provide them <laughs> over, over time. So thank you so much for signing up. Um, but news stories this week. So there aren't really a great deal of them. If I'm honest, we've had quite a quiet week in terms of transfer news. Uh, so Van der Heck was uh, confirmed out to Heerenveen. We knew that already. Um, the main real news story is is that we received some great news from Graham Potter um, in that we heard that Ben White and Adam Lalana were not as serious as they first looked, uh, especially Lalana, who went down kind of after very little contact and looked quite serious. He, uh, he was able to come back onto the bench today against Newcastle and came on. Um, so great to have that news. Uh, that was pretty much the most important piece. Um, so let's just hop straight onto Portsmouth, uh, a very quick match review of Portsmouth. I watched every second of it, loved it, happy days. Uh, we lined up with a totally new 11, uh, but a much better 11 than the one that was fielded um, against Villa this time last year, where we pretty much accepted we were going to do nothing um, and basically played our entire under 23 team. Um, this year was very different indeed. Uh, we had a basically a, a, a 
feasible Premier League side, if not a top as a championship side playing. Uh, with stealing goal, Malumbi at right back, Veltman and Burn at centre half, Bernardo on the left, Stevenson proper in a midfield two, and then as part of the 4-2-3-1 formation, we had uh, Alareza Yahambach, Pascal Gross, and Alexis McAllister uh, all playing behind Victor Gueyakeres. I hope I haven't murdered his name very much, but I heard the commentators say it in three totally different ways, so I am just totally through for a loop as to how you're supposed to say it. Um, but, I, th- I mean, we're playing against Portsmouth. We know they're not the best team in the entire world. Uh, they are a League One team, and and it was quite jarring seeing just how far ahead of them we are playing our entire reserve team. Uh, we came away with 23 shots, uh, <laughs> hit the woodwork once, 10 shots on target, 9 shots off target, 4 shots blocked. Alexis McAllister walked away with 6 shots in the game. Guillaqueras 4, Pascal Gross 3, Ali Razor 3. Uh, that front 4 was just having an absolute field day. 62% possession just ruled the roost. 87% pass accuracy. We were just all over it. And we had 20 key passes. Absolutely insane. Uh, the main two there, Ali Razor and Pascal Gross with five and four respectively. Uh, we were essentially all over them. They, they never really stood a chance. Uh, they did a good job in terms of, you know, if you're going to get goals against us at this level, um, it's probably going to be at set pieces with the, with the golf in, in quality so far apart. Uh, and they worked really hard to win those set pieces. Um, you know, they won 12 corners. Uh, and they had a 50% accuracy uh, with them in which that they were you know, able to find the target and somebody to attack and came away with nothing. So it just goes to show that you know, you're know you not going to feel too comfortable uh, throwing the ball in there when you've got Veltman and Byrne, gigantic, tall, lanky Byrne uh, to deal with. So you absolutely love to see it. Uh, I thought we were just absolutely superb. Um, and in terms of those standout players, because of course there were a couple of really standout players, despite the fact that we were just great all the way across the pitch, um, I thought there was a couple of players that really stood out. Uh, Jason Malumbi uh, had a quiet night on the stat sheet, but playing at right back, which is not a position he is usually comfortable playing in, uh, I thought he did incredibly well. He had a key pass to his name, um, and not only that, but he, you know, he looked comfortable at right back, which is again. He's normally a central midfielder. He played all year in central midfield against uh, four Millwall. So for him to make that step up and then just comfortably slot in at right back was really great. Uh, he loved a cross. Um, I think he came away with a fair few of them in the end. Uh, only one of them was accurate, uh, but still it was a it was a great performance from Jason. Um, I'm glad he got a full kind of 90 minutes under his belt uh, and you know had a lot of time to to get some game time because I think he's one of those players that can continue to do well. Uh, I did see Dale Stevens went off with an injury towards the end of the game, so that was a little bit rough for him, but he, he smashed a ball against the post and looked okay uh, for the most part. David Proper, not bad. Uh, good to see him back. He looks a lot fitter than I thought he would be after they said that he could you know barely play, so I'm glad that he was able to come back and make a good performance. But the main people to speak about really are that front four uh, and Bernardo. So Bernardo, first 15, 20 minutes was just shocking. Uh, looked bereft of confidence, um, missed an open goal. Didn't look like he, you know, he just looked like he didn't want to be out there. Um, he looked not a happy boy at all, frustrated, um, you know, and it was a tough 
tough night at the races it looked to be for him um, but he ended up walking away uh, with three shots one shot on target three key passes two aerial battles one which is second in the cl- in the team uh, a goal uh, and an assist so Bernardo redeemed himself big time throughout the game uh, and played very well indeed uh, he is another one of those players that you you felt that would push on under Potter as a left wing back uh, hasn't been able to nail that spot down at the expense of Solly March. Um, he's 25. He's only young still, really. Uh, and, you know, you've got to think at some point um, we've got to make a decision as to whether he is going to be adequate to compete or whether not. Um, so we shall see there. Uh, but that performance is going to do him no harm at all. Um, you know, after that first 15 minutes, he was an absolute beast. So good performance there um but the main the main talking point was the way our front four linked up uh pascal gross superb three shots one shot on target four key passes uh usually the key pass king um you know he's the one that is that chance creator he did get an assist to his name um and you know he played a great game uh alexis McAllister, six shots two on target uh what an aerial battle and it was for the goal uh you know, I thought he played really well. He looked comfortable in that attacking kind of midfield three um, and didn't really look out of place at all. And when he played, you know, against a team like Portsmouth, uh, I'm doing that teams like Brighton bit, aren't I? But when we when he was playing against a team like Portsmouth, he looked head and shoulders above them. Um, and, you know, you could see what we've got in that young 21-year-old Argentinian. Um and then Victor Guerreras, four shots, four on target, three key passes, played with his back to goal very comfortably, got a goal and an assist to his name, 33 touches, one one aerial battle. Uh, he looked very comfortable leading the lineup there. Uh, he had a very impressive turn of pace. Uh, I, I was very surprised. Um, you know, I, I knew he was a taller, uh, you know, six foot two or whatever it is, but I was not expecting to see the burst of pace we saw from him. Very impressed. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were quite uh, unimpressed with his performance, um, but I think that was on the back of certain other players playing so well. Um, I think he was kind of overshadowed, but. As a 22-year-old young forward who doesn't have a huge amount of experience playing English football, um, you know, I thought he did a great job. Uh, Is he the answer going forward as a taller, pacier target man? Uh, That is totally up for debate. Um, It seems the fan base is totally split in half, with basically 50% of you wanting him to be in a squad and 50% of you wanting him to go out on loan. Uh, From a survey poll I, I ran on Twitter... So who knows uh, what Potter is going to do with him. Um, I think we'll find out at the end of the window. Um, You know, I think if we decide to keep him, then uh, obviously they plan to give him a place in the squad. If if we decide to loan him out, uh, it will probably be contingent on getting someone in. And knowing Brighton, we'll probably have to wait until the end of the window to get any deals done in that way. So... We'll, uh, we'll find out as the weeks go on. Um, I anticipate he will probably start against Preston, uh, who is our next game. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can get a win against Preston, uh, as that would mean two of the three games Bissouma is banned for, uh, which we'll talk about just shortly, um, would be Carabao Cup ones. So uh, it could be a lot worse, you know, if we weren't able to get through there. He would have to miss Manchester United and Everton, uh, which would not be ideal. So fingers crossed we can go out against Preston. Um, and I think 
the team pretty much being the same as of right now uh, is more than good enough to, to beat that side. Um, if Dale is hurt, you know, the team for Preston might change a little bit. Uh, we may well see Malombi take over Dale Stevens' role um, and then a right back coming in, whether that's Max Sanders, uh, maybe Yappy, uh, who knows, right? Uh, they they may choose to put Veltman out there and start Hayden Roberts, uh, the young promising centre half. So we'll see. Um, but overall, it was a very impressive uh, open game game for that uh, that kind of reserve eleven. Uh, it was unbelievable. And main man of the evening, uh, man of the match, has to be said, uh, Ali Reza Yahambach was an absolute beast uh only played 67 minutes uh, thought he may well get a chance coming on today and he almost did uh three shots one on target five key passes uh the key pass king pascal gross only on four so ali razor took over the mantle uh, a goal and an assist what a fabulous goal it was as well um had plenty of touches of the ball um in fact, the most touches of any of that attacking front four, uh, including Pascal Gross, who loves to get on the ball. So uh, Ali Reza, still only 27. You know, he's coming into his peak. Uh, you would think that this really is the season that's make or break. Um, he is either going to make it or he is absolutely not. Uh, so this is the moment for him to step up and, and decide if he's going to. Um, so good stuff. Uh, from the Albion Reserve 11 uh, and we can move on to Newcastle uh, with our guest for the evening slash afternoon slash morning wherever you are first of all thanks for coming on um do you want to introduce yourself to uh to the yeah, listeners sure. you know name how long you've been supporting a team and all that good stuff yeah sure so um I'm Gareth and I've been I'm about I'll say 40 odd years old I've been supporting Brighton um through my family for, since I've been born, basically. And I, I can't really remember the first game, but I remember going to the North Stand with my family, with my dad and a couple of cousins and uncles to a game. And uh, I had an uncle who was a scout. I had a couple of cousins who were in Brighton Boys. And so I was always around the Brighton sort of setup as growing up. I had a couple of lads who played for Brighton growing up. Um, Simon Funnel and, um, was one of them who's sort of a couple of years older than me, uh, always looked up to and and then sort of moved away from Brighton um, about 10 years ago, I suppose, to uh, Guildford. So not too far, but I've kept my season ticket and I've been travelling to the games. Um, and I've got a young, well, I say young, he seems like an adult. He's 11 years old now, um, little boy. And I've been taking him since he's been three, three or four um to the games and so we, we've been really loving it really um so he's probably the only i was gonna say that he's the only person in guildford who's a brighton fan but we actually found someone in our own little village who lives behind us who's uh another brighton fan i met on the on the coach um we, we're now good friends actually and uh so he, so yeah all good no that's brilliant it's a small world isn't it you think you've uh you know, I've when I came out here to North Carolina, I was out here for a couple of years and then I started this show and within maybe like two weeks of doing the show, I got a message saying like, oh, I'm living in North Carolina and I'm a Brighton fan as well. And it's like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's mental. Um, yeah. uh, so how long have you been out there then? Uh, I have been out here since uh, October 2015. So 
just coming up for five years now, actually. Yeah, I came. Uh, I went. I went to the first two games of that season. Um, I think they were. I think it was Fulham and then Huddersfield away uh, were the last two I went to. And then we uh, obviously that was the season with uh, Mike Dean uh, sending off Dale Stevens and all that fun oh, yeah. shit. Uh, <laughs> and then ever since we've moved, ever since I moved away, we've been fabulous. We've <laughs> got ourselves promoted and been in the Premier League ever since. So. All that, uh, all those long away trips to Stockport County. I can't even enjoy the uh, the, the yeah. reaping what I've, what we've sowed. <laughs> did you, did you go to many like away games and that before you moved away? Or yeah, I tended to go to away games more than I went to home. Um, simply because uh, my dad and all his family are from Brighton and Hailsham, um, yeah. and uh, but we moved up to Leicester uh, when I was younger, so. Pretty much all of my life, I was living there. Um, so we did uh, we did a lot of away trips there because we're kind of right smack bang in the Midlands. Yeah. So we were able to make it up north without it being too horrific uh, of a journey. And same same goes like we could go down to London easy peasy. So yeah, I I loved an away day. I, that was my main main trip really. My away days were my favourite thing. Yeah, I must admit when I was I know seventeen to twenty one, I used to go to quite a few away games with. All mates my own age, and then um, as I got a bit older, uh, I, pl- I was playing football on a Saturday to, for Shoreham and a few other teams, and then t- couldn't really go and watch. So just um, as I got a bit older, um, it was more sort of watching on um, not match of the day because obviously we weren't on them, but uh, all the highlights. It was a bit poor in them days, and listening to the radio. But um, I found. Uh, you could go to the odd away game, which I really, really enjoyed. And it's a bit more lively, as you know. And uh, I've, I've taken my son to a few away games. And I, even recently I asked him, um, what's the best game you've been to? And Reading's not far from Guildford. So a few years back, I went to Reading and it was such a good atmosphere. Um, probably wasn't appropriate for young ears, some of the singing. <laughs> um, but, and he didn't really understand it, but he could. I could tell, I mean... He, it was different, and um, he, he just said, "Oh, can you take me to a few more away games?" But unfortunately, we haven't been. Eight. We've been to we went to Manchester United last year, um, which we booked a hotel around the corner at Old Trafford um, cricket ground, um, which is well worth the visit there. And then just walk around the corner and had a weekend of it. Um, but now he's playing football, so I'm Mr. Taxi Driver. So it's yeah. um, <laughs> uh, he played this morning and won five nil up in uh, Rygate. So um, nice. But yeah, so it, it's different. And, um, I really love the away games, and I, I said to him, actually, he's actually got school on a Saturday, so I've had to cancel my uh, season ticket this year because he wouldn't ever have gone um, this year. He's got school on a Saturday, which I was a bit disappointed about. But I said, "Look, any away games we go to, so we, we've um, we we'll, we'll promise him we'll go to some once it gets opened up after lockdown, and um, it's a bit more exciting." Yeah, um, no, no doubt that would have been uh, that would have been some game to go to today. Uh, it's a yeah. shame that we're in the situation we're in because um, I think that would have been just electric to go and watch that today. Uh, really? Talking about Newcastle, though. You know, yeah. before the game started, uh, we had a hell of a record against them. I think we were six unbeaten in the Premier League against them. Uh, I think we had, what, two wins, four draws. 
Um, did you feel confident coming into it, despite the away, the you know the the Chelsea defeat? Did you feel comfortable, or were you nervous coming in? To be honest, I liked the way we played against Chelsea. I um, I thought we were a bit unlucky, and in the midweek, obviously, it was a different team playing against Newcastle. However, New uh, sorry, um, not Newcastle. We played uh, Portsmouth. Portsmouth, yeah. yeah. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the Newcastle game, they'd obviously come off a, a win, and I was thinking uh, they got some good players. I was a bit concerned about who was going to mark Andy Carroll. To be honest, like how is that going to work? He's a beast up front um, with Dan Byrne, and maybe bring him in um, and take March off. I wasn't really sure. Um, but those those big players tend to cause us problems, don't they? Those the Mitroviches, the the Andy Carrolls, they tend to be an absolute thorn for us. So I felt the same way. I was a bit. I must admit, I was thinking he's got to make a change. Um, and I wasn't sure about Dan Byrne before the season, but I think he's got a role in it to come on. But to be fair, you can't really complain. Carroll didn't. I think. Hardly did anything the whole game. He had a couple of headers which Dunk lost, but we had cover behind, so the tactics uh, paid off. So um, where you have two against one, just really good tactics, really. So personally, I might have made a change, but obviously Graham Potter knows what he's what he's doing. To be honest, yeah. What, what, did, you, what did you think? Would you have made any changes? Uh, there was a point in that kind of, you know, after half time when they were uh, when they were really starting to come on to us, and Callum Wilson missed that absolute sitter, and I was getting a bit worried. I thought we needed to freshen it up a little bit, um, and I thought I probably would have made a change then, but Potter stuck with it, and we tend it felt like we kind of grabbed back the momentum after that miss from Wilson, um, but it was one of those. Same for you, like same as you. Like I, th- I was worried about Andy Carroll because of the the presence he has up there, especially with Wilson running off of him. But yeah. those three at the back, like White, Dunk, Webster, like none of them looked in deep danger. And if they did, yeah. like the pace of Lamptey, man. Like talking of flashpoints, because I like to talk about those kind of like major moments yeah. in the game. That first seven minutes. Uh, how did it, how did you how did you feel watching those? That was uh, an electric start. I know we tend to oh, start quite well, but it was lampy <laughs> show. I mean, what can you say? I mean, he went out like a flyer. I mean, since he started with us, he's been like that every game. But Lakers could not control him, and we played to his advantage. We put the through balls through. We we had, we had a great tempo as well, and we just picked on that right hand side and. To be fair, um, Lamptey was amazing. I mean, I, I sort of thought coming on this podcast, I have to sort of do a bit of homework and I was sort of writing down notes and things like that. And I did uh, markings out of 10 and Lamptey was 10 out of 10 for the first half. I couldn't... Um, yeah, no disagreement there. <laughs> I mean, it, he was tracking back. He was going forwards. He was strong on the ball. He was... Open for t- open for the ball. Um, I think Sky Sports. I don't know if you have Sky Sports over there, but the the commentator said he clocked up thirty five kilometers per hour in a sprint. And then um, I don't know if you saw it, but he actually got overtaken. But I think he was probably tired. But um, by one of their players um, late on in the second half after a corner. But he was unbelievable. 
Um, yeah, he, he was just unbelievable. Yeah, looking at the stats on him, I saw that Sky Sports retweeted some interesting ones. Uh, and just, you know, he only play, he played 57 minutes and 16 out of 20 passes were completed. Uh, he made four interceptions, which were the most in the match. 12 sprints, second most. He had that shot on target right at the end of the first half, which I thought was sneaking through the legs as well. Um, and then his ability to win fouls too. Obviously, yeah. he won the penalty. Uh, what did you make of St. Maximum? Because I, I I thought he was going to be a tough player to play against, but I, I wasn't that impressed. No, no, I wasn't. And also, he drew two yellow cards against him. They would start kicking yeah. out. Abby Carroll booted him as well. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Watching him try and turn <laughs> with uh, with Lamptey underneath him. I mean, uh, he's some player. I, I, I mean, I dread to think how much he's worth now. If you think they came in for... Uh, ben White for thirty odd million, and we said no, he's worth fifty. What is Lamptey worth? I mean, yeah, like, and we got him for what three million, I believe, yeah. is the the official kind of thing. And I don't know if you've read anything, or do you know if there is any kind of buyback for Tarek Lamptey? Because I don't, um, I've not read anything. No, and I think um, he's such a nice lad. He got interviewed afterwards. I don't know if you saw it, but he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to earth and he's willing to learn he loves he said he's uh, loves working with potter um he just seems really nice i mean uh, you can't complain about him at all and, he, and i really look forward to watching him play i mean he's so exciting um the funny thing was my son was he'd um was just about to he got back from football and had to go and play tennis somewhere and um he, he missed the first few minutes <laughs> and so he missed he missed um, like him going down the wing and then obviously missed the penalty. And I was shouting out, come back, come back. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And so uh, he's going to have to watch that on the, on, the, on the replay later on. But it was, I was just so impressed. Yeah, I think he was, he's just awesome. Like, it's just the pace he has. When he got into that sprint uh, race with Lewis, who is not a slow player as well, and (laughs) comfortably beat him for pace, made that touch and then won that foul, which I think got one of those yellow cards you were talking about as well. Um, It was just, it was just a masterclass from him. Um, He did go off. Do you think that was an injury or do you think that was just protecting him considering Uh, how impactful it'd been? I think a bit of both, really. I think he probably got yeah. a little knock. He could have carried on. Um, we've all done it before where they probably said, like, if it was probably nil-nil, we'd have carried on. Or if we were one-nil, maybe, and they were coming on to us. But I think we were in control of the game and uh, we had lots of options, really. Um, so I think he'd be all right with a bit of ice and uh, ice bath and a little rest. But I think, yeah, he's, he's all right. I think... Um, no, I was, I'm still overwhelmed with how good he is, really. For three million, <laughs> we've uh, got a bargain there. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Carragher said, I mean, he's one of the hardest critics of all defenders. Said, I'm in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that is high praise. Uh, I did see that interview at the end with Lamptey. I didn't hear Carragher say it, but I did hear they, you know, they told him that. And um, yeah, you're right. Carragher is harsh on them, and if he's given that kind of praise, it's just. It's so rare to see like a 19, 18 year old like English player at that level like make no mistakes ever yet. Like I don't think I've seen him do one thing wrong in the entire time he's played for us. I think I think he will make mistakes because of the position he's in yeah. and the speed he goes at. Um, as in maybe 
I think he's given a couple of yellow cards away in the past, but it's not. He hasn't been conceded a goal or anything like that from those. But um, he's got cover with the with the formation we play. Yeah. So, but yeah. But who, who did you think was your um, next best player? Well, good question. Uh, I think for me, Neil Mopai has to be up there. Um, I thought, you know, obviously he scored the goals, which is always the most important thing. Um, but I think the way he linked up the play today, he was dropping back an awful lot, I found. Uh, there was a lot of times today that, in fact, I mean, I can I can also talk about Basuma, which I definitely want to do as yeah. well, because I thought he yeah. was just excellent. He was the boss. I've got a new nickname for him. He's the boss. I mean, he, <laughs> he was brilliant. Oh, he was my number two, to be honest. So I think... Um, um, Lamptey was 10 out of 10 man of the match and then um, my second was uh, the boss um, unfortunately got the red card which we can talk about later but he was everywhere he was offering his feet for defensive play forward play left right play winning the ball um, and I think he's a bargain to be honest of what we got and He's getting more and more games that go on. He's getting more and more confident. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, I would, I would agree with all of it. And and the stats back you up. You know, like the eye test, just watching them, like he was superb. But you know, he had the most passes attempted, uh, forty six. He completed, you know, forty six out of fifty passes today, which is insane. Um, he made the most ball recoveries uh, in the team. Uh, joint highest tackle success rate. Uh, he was just an outrageous player. You know, he was all over the pitch, like you said, defensive, offensive. Like he was, he was there for it. And what do you make of the red card? Do you think it was, uh, a, you know, what's your thoughts now? You've had an hour to think about yeah. it. <laughs> I've had an hour and a drink of. Uh, <laughs> um, it's one of those ones where, if you think it, if someone lifted their foot up. In a fifth, like um, someone went down for a header, and you lifted your foot up for a higher foot, you could say that was a red card. I know he did, definitely didn't mean it, and he hurt the guy. He he knew that. It's just one of those. He react. It's just a sort of natural thing. Flick the boot up to go and flick it over him. Um, I think it probably was a red card for dangerousness, but it was no intent. And it's one of those things where I think if you could have a one. Batch, one match ban um, that would be it because it wasn't malicious it wasn't like there's no intent I don't know obviously I think a straight red is normally at least two to three games ban I don't think it deserves that I don't know yeah I think, think yeah I think like if there is ever such a thing as an orange card it was <laughs> probably that like <laughs> I think like I think you're right like I think it's it's definitely dangerous play but it's not malicious like you said so like giving him a three-game ban which he does have i, I saw on twitter earlier uh right. nailer and owen confirmed that it was three games um the good thing is is both of the carabao cup games count if we beat preston so okay. if we beat preston he'll only miss united so hopefully we can go out and do to preston what we did to pompey yeah. um and we'll be you know we'll only miss him for united and have him back for everton Okay, yeah, that's good. Well, that's, but that's as good as it can get, I suppose. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> he, he was, I thought he was brilliant. And um, he's my sort of player. Like, um, I like hard tackling and playmakers like that. Um, but yeah, he was unlucky there. And we will miss him. But 
So who do you think is going to step in though and take his place? Is it is it is it Stevens or is it proper or is it Lalana? I think I think with I'm not sure how hurt Dale Stevens was. I know he went off against Portsmouth. I think we'll probably find out on Preston. I think if Stevens plays, he's probably not that hurt. But I think out of all of them, I think the only one who could really do the job he does is proper. Now I think at this point. Um, just in my opinion, I think that we may see proper take that role. Uh, with the United, I'm not sure whether we're going to see Lalana line up anyway. Kind of go with the same formation we went with against Chelsea, but take out Bissouma for, for proper and protect them that way to bulk up the midfield. Um, would you? Who would you prefer to see? I know a lot of people disagree, but depending on who we play, I think it's got to be Stevens. Um, I mean... In the game in the week against uh, Portsmouth, he started off with his negative self, but as the game got on, he started playing the ball forwards and more attacking sort of play. And he, he does add a bit of presence. He's like, I've met him and he's he's a big guy and he can add a bit of grit in the middle. Um, I mean, I like Proper, but I don't think Proper's had enough game time in pre-season, to be honest. He's still pretty early on and he hasn't had enough. Um, I didn't think he did much in the Pompey bumpy game um, he looked like he was struggling for fitness in my opinion um, so I think it might be Stevens I know a lot of people disagree but um, and he, he's one of those guys who just is quietly wins the ball and passes it sideways but I think he has to step up and start playing a few forward passing balls uh, which he did in Portsmouth as the game went on um, and, and he, he can be a, a strong voice out there with a lot of young lads that's the other thing and saying that, I mean, I thought, I didn't know what was wrong. I don't know if you've read or whatever, but on Sky Sports, they said Lalana had cramp. Um, yeah. That's why he came off, which was a surprise to me. Because when he, I don't know if you thought the same or not, but when he came off, I thought he's obviously done something. Yep. I, yeah, I did it. You know, when you go all down, like off the ball like that, I was like, oh shit, like this is not a good sign. And he, he also... I mean, I've played and got injured and then had to retire. Um, and once you get those sort of strains, it's like you you get that feeling, oh, it's gone again. Or it's like really depressing feeling. And he had those shoulders, like when he walked off, it was like, yeah, it's gone again, or whatever he's got. So I don't know if he's had an injection or it was cramp or whatever. So obviously saying that, in the pre-season friendlies, I don't know if you saw them, but... He looked so unfit. He had his mouth open. He was puffing and panting. So maybe he is unfit and he has got cramp and he's tired. I don't know. Yeah, but. it's one of those weird ones, isn't it? I, I agree. I think he looked gassed pretty quickly uh, in the preseasons. And he's obviously got a crap ton of talent. And he's mm. there. I think he's there for the presence as well. But I think that, you know, if we can, I think if we can get 18 to 21 games out of him this season, I think we've got a good deal. Just yeah. because of the fact that he is, you know, how he has been for the last couple of, you know, years even. Um, but talking about young players, because you did mm-hmm. mention uh, like fifty million pound Ben White earlier. Uh, what <laughs> what have you made of his first two games? Obviously, he went off uh, hurt at the end of the last one and has ended up playing the full ninety minutes today. So obviously, it was just a knock and not anything serious. Um, there was a whole lot of hubbub around him this summer, <laughs> which I'm sure everybody is aware of. Uh, what, what have you made of that first kind of, you know, that first two games that you've seen him in? 
the last game, I think, obviously, it was a bit tight and he, um, he didn't stand out. He just was like normal premiership player, like as good as Duncan Webster. However, today, I thought he showed a bit of class. I saw him a couple of times in the first half. He brought the ball down where typically where Duffy would have just headed it on his good defensive header forward. He brought the ball down on his chest and then laid it for a really good through ball through um, to, to Malpe or Con. It might have been Trossard. I can't remember. It's quite early on in the game. And I just thought that's the difference that we've got here. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, you're, it was the the like the through ball. Um, yes. Was I that the one? Was two? Might have been the goal actually. Um, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> and I just thought that that was that's what we we're paying for, sort of thing. That's what we've got. Um, and then as the game went on, you could see he's reading the game very well. He's he's quicker than I thought he was. Um, and then when he went right back, he went started really going forward. So I I think. He's going to be something special as well. Um, no, I'm I'm impressed with him. He didn't hasn't made any mistakes, and that, I mean that's the thing with defenders, um, as we saw last season. Webster made a few mistakes, but I think he's getting better as more and more games goes on. And a few years back, Dunk was making mistakes, a few red cards, and giving the ball away. Um, so he, hopefully, he's he's like a he's come in already done. He's like a Premiership player. Um, sort of ready really and he's exciting and I think you can see why Leeds really wanted him so hopefully Potter can get the best out of him yeah I agree I think he's been brilliant Um, you know he's settled in so easily and at that level like you said we saw Webster make mistakes when he first came in and White hasn't looked like that so that's been really great Um, so we had two goals from Mopai today one from Connolly uh, we've played three games, we've scored eight goals with seven different scorers. Do you think we still need another striker? Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my uh, questions. I was, I was, I've written a few notes, as I mentioned. Um, I mean, obviously, we've got Malpay as number one striker. And uh, you could say Connolly was back at one. I mean, I, I rate Connolly. He's hard working. You saw the second half today. He was running every, pressurising, running every defender down, and it, it paid off. But I don't think he's the number one striker. So if May, Malpay gets injured or red carded or whatever, we haven't got anything. And in the week, I didn't think, I don't think, um, I can't pronounce his name that well, but Guy Koresk or whatever his name is, he's not ready for Premiership football. I mean, he was. He was good, but he wasn't outstanding. And don't forget, it was against League One football. Yep. So I, I do think we need to, to spend a bit of money and it will loan a player. And I think, it was, I know there's rumours about Origi. And obviously, they've just signed uh, Jota from Wolves. So he's now going to be like fifth choice striker. So I, I think we need to go in for him. And you look at the stats he's got, he's really good. And I think that would be... Um, one of the a good signing. I don't know if there's any other good signings on the rumour mill that you've heard about, but I do think we need one. Yeah, I agree. I think we need one as well. I think I think that I would like to see Gaia Keres, Gia Keres, however you say his name. Like you said, I'm not sure either. Uh, I've, I think the commentators, when I was watching the Portsmouth game, I think they said it in three different ways throughout yeah. the night. That's what threw me. I was... <laughs> 
I was uh, up for one one way, and then they said it two other different ways. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they haven't got a clue either. So <laughs> that's at least reassuring that they don't have a clue. I mean, um, he scored the goal well, but that was, um, and he looks like a big, strong. He can hold the ball up, but I think he needs a couple more years, um, probably championship level, and uh, maybe like Connolly, bring him on as a sub type of thing. Um, but we do need a, another number one super signing type of thing. Of you can a Mitrovic or Origi or whatever thirty million pound striker that's guaranteed to bang in a few goals. Really, yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, I think if we went out there and got Origi, that would be, I, I would, I would be pretty confident that we could be a top ten team with him in there as well. You know, yeah. he provides, he can play out wide too if he wants to. So. You know, even if you wanted to play a front three of like Connolly, Mopai and Origi and be ridiculous, he could do that too. Um, I think we need a striker too. I think everybody thinks that. Um, I think that hopefully we can get one over the line. But it seems quite negative in all the press conferences so far. I don't know if you've heard any of them, fans forum and uh, Potter this weekend just before the game saying that, that, you know, the financial implications are just not good enough. Um, but yeah, I, I hope we can. I've got a mate who's um, he's uh, my son's tennis coach, and he interesting story actually. He he's in his forties now, and he, he got sponsored to go into tennis, um, and he got a phone call from uh, Tony Bloom to ask him would he sponsor this young little lad. Um, I don't know, he's what, 10, 11, similar age to my son, would my friend go along and have a look? And um, my friend went along and said, yep, yeah, okay, he's a good player. And then they met up recently. And I think actually Tony Blue might have been in Australia while lockdown was on, to be honest. And uh, he said, look, we're, we're struggling, obviously, as a company and as a sponsor. Um, no one's putting bets on and it's we we're struggling like obviously no, money's not coming in the crowd funds and whatnot um but he at the same time he is a gambler <laughs> even when my mate was uh playing with him um he was betting on like if you do a serve now i'll, I'll give you I'll, what were the odds on this serve going in or getting an ace so he's a natural gambler so i've got he might think, right, this if I can get thirty million, it's a gamble to get further up the league. Um so yeah, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me at the last minute he just says, right, it's thirty million, go and get a Rigi or whatever, I don't know what he's worth. Um and then you've got Ainsley um Maitland Niles uh, yep. from Arsenal. I think I do think March played well today. And in the week and last week, but we do need we could do another Lamptey if Lamptey had a brother, we could... yeah, <laughs> left sided Lamptey would be lovely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, or could you play Lamptey on the left and um, Ben White on the right? I don't know, but I mean, I know Lamptey whips the ball in quite nicely. And what really, I mean, you might have it, I don't know if you've you have a favorite player that you really want to do well. And he just sort of just doesn't quite make it. March for me, it, I really want him to do well, and he doesn't quite do it. I mean, he can take players on, but he never has the final delivery or doesn't score the goal that he should. And I mean, he did the job today, perfect. But 
against big teams like Chelsea, when you've got people in the box, it, it seems to make the ball um, gets cut out quite easily or it doesn't quite to get delivered. So I just think we need a left back as well. I think you mentioned on your podcast before. Um, I don't know if you, we've got a left back in mind. I know a lot are wanting to uh, grab Rico Henry from Bournemouth. Uh, I think he would be good competition at the very least, if not like straight in there. Uh, I liked Jamal Lewis, but he went over to Newcastle and then Tarek Lanty tore him a new one today. So yeah, I don't see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, made me feel better about it a bit when he ripped him apart. <laughs> but it's I can see us signing somebody that we've never heard of at left back. Like a classic Brighton move. We'll sign somebody from like Malaga or like Genk or someone like that and, and we'll bring this random left back in and he'll end up being quite good, hopefully. Um yeah. Well, maybe another youngster from the England under-19s or whatever. Yeah, yeah, with the Ashworth stuff. I mean, or he might just think that he can, you know, Potter might be turning around and saying, with March, Bernardo and Burn, he's happy with it. I know. I mean, Bernardo played really well against Portsmouth, um, barring that first 15 minutes where he was bereft of confidence. But it's it's an interesting problem to have because you just, you have a lot of just, okay left backs and we need a good one <laughs> yeah there's not um no one can claim that space can they it's not there's not no, there. no one's yeah. got their name on that left back's position at the moment i don't think and yeah. like you said bernardo i've always wanted him i thought he was really good and unfortunately the more i see him play he hasn't quite delivered and i think it's probably a confidence thing and like you said First 15 minutes, I thought he was awful the other day. And then he, he gradually got more into it. Obviously, he scored the goal. Um, and then he obviously we, we, we were on top against Portsmouth. But I don't think he's the answer. I don't think. Um, I want him to be. I want him to be. I mean, uh, it's just one of those things. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't think Potter thinks the same either. No, I I agree. I mean, he's happy to have him on the bench, but to bring him on, he doesn't see many. I mean, he brought Dan Byrne on instead today. Um, And both of them played plenty of minutes against Portsmouth, so it wasn't even a fitness thing. Um, Thank you for coming on, though, Gareth. Uh, To wrap up, um, I do have a question, prediction. Uh, Two of them. Uh, Are we going to be safe? Where do you think we'll finish this year? Um, And then score prediction against Manchester United. Ooh, that is a question, that one. Um, I think we're becoming in uh, anywhere from 12th to sort of 16th. Basically, I I only think that because we need a few more players. Um, The quality, I think if we get an injury to the up front, we're going to struggle for goals. And as we know, we're good at the back, we're good at playing, and it's chances converted that we need to do um and last season sort of proved that um so i think best case 12th worst case 15th 16th um gets manchester united without basuma yep without basuma now as well geez that's a question oh I want to say a, a, a draw because um, they looked pretty poor the other day, yesterday. I watched that game and I was really hoping they would smash Palace. Yep, same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually put a bet on for that and it, that 
really messed it up. Um, they did look a bit slow at the box, and I think oh, we might be able to get them um, a draw out of it. Is it at home or away? I'm not sure. It's at home. Okay, I'm, I'm, it's either going to be a low-scoring game or we'll win 1-0. That's what I'm going for. 0-0 or 1-0. All right. Good, good shit. I'll take I'll take a point any day uh, against Manchester United at the minute. Um, I I'm the same way. I don't think we'll score a lot of goals, and I don't think they will either. Um, I'm thinking one one or two one to one of us. I'm just not sure which one's going to get the two um, because they looked like you said, like they looked toothless up front yesterday, and with all those attacking players, like they could they looked crap. Um, so I'm hoping that they can. They looked off the pace. They looked unfit, and I'm hoping that that can carry on into next week, and we can we can take advantage of them with like Connolly and Mopai ripping Lindelof apart would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I, that's my guess. It's one one or two one. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think we just need to go at them straight from the start, like we did today. Um, don't sort of sit back I mean um, Palace really sort of went for it didn't they I mean I, yep. say it. I really thought they hadn't hardly signed anyone I thought they were going to really struggle and I was hoping they'd struggle and bloody yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and the whole team they were up for it and uh, we've got to do the same and just go for it but I think uh, Ollie will want them to um, turn it around a little bit and not fall for the same mistakes they did there. But we have got a chance. We played three games. We know. Oh, one question for you. Yeah. What did you think? Ali J had enough time today. I don't. No, I don't. I think he could have had more. Um, I would have liked to maybe see him come on maybe five ten minutes earlier than he did. Um, you know, he only had what like three minutes to come on. Um, I would have liked him to come on about the same time as Lalana did, to be honest. Mm. So he had about fifteen minutes. Um, where would you where would you have put him in? Because obviously, in the week he was sort of a bit wider. Um, what sort of position would you have put him in? Yeah, it's weird, ain't it? Because when he like when he was at you know in Holland, he was playing like in the right hand side of a front three, but like really forward. Like he was basically like a striker. Um, in the way that Connolly is on the left. And yeah. I would like to see him do that um, and just be given kind of that free reign to press forward in the way that Trossard is and Connolly is. Um, and I thought, I mean, we all saw him against Portsmouth. He ran the show doing that. Mm. Um, and I think that he's just been incredibly unlucky, hasn't he? Like every time he gets a start, like something goes wrong or even when he plays well, he doesn't get a game afterwards. It's, it's such a strange situation for Alareza that I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a weird one because um, you think, like you say, he has a good game um, and he doesn't get the next sort of, doesn't start the next game and, and uh, must be very frustrating. Um, obviously Potter put him in, the, at least he put him in the subs, but I think, I know, with a bit of extra time, he got about 10 minutes, but had a couple of touches and well, you can't really get into the game after that. Uh, I'd like, I really want him to do well. Like, I can't see him fitting in the formation. That's like squeezing it in. Maybe it's uh, if Trossard gets injured. Um, I mean, I thought he played, Trossard played really well today. 
yeah, uh, agreed. Play, then he would have to step up for it. Um, in the past, I thought he's been a bit lightweight, get knocked off the ball quite easy. But in the Portsmouth game, obviously they're very physical. He stepped up and he was everywhere, um, and he showed his class. So. In half of my mind, I'd like him to be sold and we get some of that money back and we, we can reinvest that in a striker maybe. But at the same time, I want to give him a chance to... I think he can, he can give us something extra, some a bit of quality that we haven't got. Um, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. It's we'll tough, see. ain't it? Um, I'm going to wrap up now, though, because yeah. uh, well, I'm nearly time. at time. But thank you so much for coming on. Gareth, it was a. Uh, I think that was a very successful pilot test <laughs> for our first uh, for our first fan fan uh, review of the game. I think we uh, we smashed it. So thanks for coming on. Hopefully, I didn't mumble too much. After Not at a few all. <laughs> <laughs> two beers and uh, gin and tonics or whatever. But I uh, appreciate coming on, and uh, hopefully, I'll um, be on again and listen to some yeah. more. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Definitely, mate. Have a great rest of your weekend and uh, hopefully we can can get something against United next week. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Have a good one, mate. All right. Let's take a look at the the final segment, kind of split into three today. Uh, Thank you again, Gareth, for coming on. Much appreciated. Uh, Hope you all enjoyed the segment. Uh, Good stuff so far. Into the home stretch. Next up, Manchester United away after Preston. Uh, So we've just had a brief look at Preston and kind of what we can expect. Uh, But next up, Manchester United away. Uh, They have had a rough start to the season. Um, They were uh, unable to beat Aston Villa in a warm-up friendly. uh, kind of, But it was kind of a for realsies friendly because they were making up for lost time. Uh, in terms of their preseason being slightly delayed. Uh, and then uh, this weekend, they did play Manchester United at home to Crystal Palace and got comfortably dispatched 3 1 uh, and never really looked in the game. Uh, they looked incredibly off the pace. Uh, they played a 4 2 3 1. Um, Victor Lindelof looked incredibly weak at the back. Uh, McTominay and Pogba uh, looked okay, but their attacking group was. Absolutely not firing at all. Uh, Rashford looked ineffectual. Uh, Dan James looked even worse. And, and Martial was altogether, you know, totally dominated by Coyote, uh, Coyote, Coyote uh, and Sacco. Um, they were never really in it from the word go. Uh, I thought that, you know, Maguire wasn't much better. And if this team don't get up to speed quickly enough, uh, this could be a game that, that, you know, the Albion have every reason to, you know, go in and, and hope to try and take something from it. Um, I expect their team selection not to be a great deal different. Uh, you know, maybe Greenwood will start for Dan James. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't expect there to be too many changes uh, unless, of course, Donny van der Beek does start instead. Uh, but I think that would be harsh on Scott McTominay, who I thought was probably one of their best players last week. Um, in terms of what to be worried about, same as always, right? They are a dangerous attack down the wings. 
Um, they dominated us last year in that manner. Uh, they were able to, you know, create a decent amount of long shot opportunities. Bruno Fernandez, Pogba, Martial, Rashford, they all have a very strong long shot on them. Uh, so that's going to be something we need to worry about. And of course, coming back from losing positions uh, over the last kind of 12 games or so, um, anytime they have been in a losing position, they've had a uh, strong effort in coming back from behind. Uh, and that kind of rigid banks of four defense that Palace put up, love them or hate them, uh, was a was a major answer to that question. Uh, they really had no chance um, breaking that down, and that is a far cry from from that attacking kind of scintillating group of front front men uh, for United that we saw last year, or rather, you know, in the restart. So. The fact of the matter is they're going to allow us to create chances. They are terrible at stopping opponents from creating chances. We know this. We've seen it. Palace scored three goals against them. Lindelof is an absolute liability. Their fullbacks are not the best. They're not supported very well at fullback. Um, this could be a, a, a game for players like Tarek Lamptey to continue to just totally dominate like we talked about against Newcastle. So, you know... We're gonna have. Uh, we're definitely gonna have opportunities to score. Um, make no mistake about it. Uh, it's just a case of you know whether we're going to be able to do so um, enough times to keep them out. I think there's no reason to to think that we aren't going to field a very similar team to this week. Uh, depending on the fitness of Adam Lallana, uh, I suspect that we may well revert to the same starting eleven uh, that we played in our opening game of the season against Chelsea. Um, I think we will bulk out that midfield. Uh, to protect that group um, and kind of try and win that midfield battle uh, against Pogba and McTominay or Pogba and Van der Beek uh, with, you know, without Bissouma, uh, that becomes a lot more difficult. And I think you're going to have to kind of try and beef out that midfield to help people out. And then, of course, uh, Lamptey, um, you know, you're going to have to give him help on that right-hand side. Uh, they do like to create a lot of opportunities down the left-hand side uh, with Rashford, Martial, um, and then Luke Shaw coming in to support and Pogba out there as well. So we're going to have our work out for us. Um, but I would expect, as my prediction for lineups, um, is that we will be going ahead with, with the same formation we ran uh, against Chelsea. And if we can catch them flat-footed, uh, an early goal especially, um, they could uh, it could be real trouble for them. Um, they they look like they're down on their confidence and down on their ideas. So it could be a uh, could be a very fruitful afternoon or rather early morning if you're out in the US uh, for the Albion. So that's all from me. Uh, if you would like to come on the show, please do uh, DM me, email me, whatever you need to do. Togetherbha at gmail.com. Uh, Togetherbha on Twitter. Togetherbha on Instagram. Um, get in touch. Uh, you can come on the show. Absolutely no questions asked. Uh, I do not have a guest spot um, fulfilled uh, for the Everton game next, or rather the Manchester United game next week. Uh, yes, I do. I lied. I do not have one filled for the Everton game. So if you would like to come on just before the international break and shoot the shit about the Everton game, please do get in touch. Uh, we can absolutely make it happen. No doubt about it. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week uh, and be safe. <laughs>